go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you're visiting with us and you need to pull out that black Bible in the chair in front of you, you can pull that out and go to towards the back and go to page 138. 138, you'll find um, you'll find 1 Corinthians 15. Page 138 in that black Bible. 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to read I have it up there, yeah. Verses 1 through 18 first. We will start there. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and which also you stand, by which also you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Verse 4 and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles. And last of all, as it were to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. For I am not, for I am the least of the apostles. I'm not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Verse 12. Now if Christ is preached, that he's been raised from the dead... How do some among you say that there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we witness against God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. Counterfeit money is still alive and well, believe it or not. I just Googled counterfeit money just a couple days ago. A man in Tulsa, Oklahoma was arrested for using counterfeit money. Like 50s he was using them. According to the United States Treasury Department of Treasury, an estimated $70 million in counterfeit bills are in circulation. Or approximately one note in counterfeits for every $10,000 in genuine currency with an upper bound of $200 million 
counterfeits or one counterfeit per $4,000 genuine notes. So it can be anywhere between one in 10,000 to one in 4,000. It's funny because it's like they don't know. (laughs) That's kind of scary. Today we celebrate the resurrection. This is the real deal. This is the real thing. Christianity is the real deal. It's not just one religion amongst others. Any other religion in the world, going back centuries to today, they're merely counterfeits of the real thing. And I'm not talking about Coke. There's similarities. There's parallels. There's some likenesses that they have with Christianity. There's some resemblances, yes, of course. I mean, you look at a counterfeit bill, there's some resemblances. Uh, There's some similarities. But it just ain't the real thing. Jesus and his resurrection, that is for real. The heart of the gospel is captured by this historical event of Jesus' life. It's the core, or the heart of our message. This is what we believe and proclaim. Upon this truth, we base everything that we do as followers of Jesus. Everything. And then when Paul goes through this, he explains to us in 1 Corinthians verses 1 through 11 how the gospel is central. What is the gospel? Christ died, he was buried, he resurrected, and then he focused so much upon his appearances, if you notice how many verses are just on the appearances of Jesus. And then in verse 12 through, what, 19, he poses a question because there was some Uh, believers there in Corinth who were denying the resurrection of Jesus. Denying the resurrection just in general. And so Paul presents a case saying, now if, if Christ Jesus has not been raised, then all is lost. It's fake. It's false. And when I, when I say resurrection, I'm talking about physical, tangible, real resurrection. Not Jesus came to and he was unconscious. Not a spiritual resurrection. Not that they saw a ghost. It was real flesh and blood. Different, changed. He can walk through walls. He can eat, but he didn't have to. He was kind of the same, but he was different. He wouldn't age. It was an immortal body. So so that's what we're talking about. But if Christ has not been raised, everything's a lie. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'll give you five tragic consequences if Christ has not been raised. Thank you, Tom Pennington, for your help in 
with this message. Five tragic consequences. Tragic consequence number one, the gospel is pointless. 13 and 14. If there's no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain. It's pointless. If this is not true, the entire structure collapses. The gospel is pointless. Number two, our faith is useless. He says, the end of verse 14, your faith also is vain. If Jesus is still dead, then our faith is useless. It's vanity. What's the point? It's useless to trust. People say have faith. For Christians we say, we have faith in Jesus Christ, but if he didn't resurrect, faith in what? The gospel's pointless. Our faith is useless. Number three, God's revelation is truthless. I'm not sure if that's a word, but it sounds good. Verse 15, moreover, we are even found false witnesses of God because we witness against God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if in fact the dead are not raised. In other words, this whole thing is a lie. There's no truth. We're liars. The apostles, the prophets, they're all liars. And and who's the biggest liar of them all? Jesus. The biggest con man ever, or just a nutcase. I mean, he proclaimed himself to be God. Nothing that he has said can be trusted. I mean, it's interesting. People deny the resurrection, yet they say, oh, Jesus said some really good things. Why would you even believe this guy? Why? Why would you even believe anything that he said? If he claimed to resurrect, if he claimed to be God, and yet he's a liar, a con man, you can't take anything that he said. You can't even believe anything that he said. Nothing. God's revelation is truthless. There's no truth in it. Uh, and there'd be no reliability in the Bible at all. You couldn't rely on the Bible. Four, God's forgiveness is worthless. Verse 16 and 17. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. You have not been forgiven. There's no forgiveness. There's no reconciliation. There's no adoption. You're still enslaved to your sinful self, your addictions, your fleshly stuff. And you're here today condemned. You're enslaved to your sinful self. There's no hope for freedom, there's no forgiveness. There's no way for mercy. There's no chance for grace. And then what it means, last number five, 
Our resurrection is hopeless. Verse 18 and 19. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ, they've perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. In other words, we will still perish in our sins. We are lost for good. Forever. Forever separated from God. You should be and you will be damned. If Christ had not been raised, then we are eternally lost. Now stop. Christ has been raised. But Christ has been raised. Welcome to the real world. This is the real world. You're in 1 Corinthians 15, look at verse 20. But now Christ has been raised. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep for since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. And drop down to verse 54 of 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 54. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil in the Lord is not in vain. That's the title of the message, actually. But Christ has been raised. Welcome to the real world. The gospel is priceless. It's not something where it's pointless. It's priceless. Our faith is not useless. It's reliable. God's revelation is not truthless, it's truthful. It is the truth. God's forgiveness is valid. It's not worthless, it's valid. It's a reality. And our resurrection is a reality. It is real. This is what Paul does. He presents this. There's no hope if Jesus Christ has not been raised But since that is an historical fact that has happened, these things are all true. It matters. So when Jesus Christ died, 
God was fully satisfied, fully satisfied with the work of his son. He made full expiation. He satisfied God's wrath. So God showed he was pleased by bringing him back to life. So, now, God cannot and will not reject any sinner who pleads the death and resurrection of Jesus, his son. Do you hear that? God cannot and God will not reject any sinner who pleads the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Are you here today? And do you need to believe? Do you need to plead the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Do you need to repent and put your trust in Christ? God will not reject you. God's arms are wide open to sinners, anyone to come. Plead the death and resurrection of Jesus and he'll save you. So what about us as Christians? How do we respond to this resurrection truth? How should we as Christians respond to this resurrection truth? Remind yourself of these six points. There's probably others but I'll give you six. Remind yourself that number one, the gospel always includes the resurrection. Always. That's the heart of the gospel. So when you proclaim the gospel, it's not just merely, well, Jesus died for your sins. And then God said, we need to say that. It's not just his death, but his resurrection. We tell sinners, Jesus physically rose from the dead. We tell sinners that Jesus will be their judge. Acts 17, verse 30 to 31. God is declaring that all men everywhere should repent, for he's fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Having done it, by having the judge whom he resurrected from the dead. So remember, remind yourself this. The gospel always includes the resurrection. So when you're talking to somebody about Christ, mention the resurrection. I mean, when you look at the gospel that Paul gives here in 1 Corinthians 15, most of his time is spent on the appearances. You see that? Number two, the resurrection proves the claims of Jesus. Remind yourself that the resurrection proves the claims of Jesus. Everything Jesus claimed to be is true. The son, he was God, he would die, and he would resurrect from the dead. Jesus predicted all these things about himself. It's all true. Remind yourself the gospel always includes the resurrection. Remind yourself that the resurrection proves the claims of Jesus. Number three, remind yourself that 
the resurrection secures and guarantees us all the blessings Christ purchased at his death. You're justified. You stand righteous in God's sight because of the resurrection. Forgiveness because of the resurrection. Reconciliation because of the resurrection. Redemption because of the resurrection. Adoption because of the resurrection. The enabling power of God at work in your life because of the resurrection. I, I, I remember the song that they'll play and I'm not a person who's into not a lot of today's Christian music. It's just kind of just bland. But some of the songs are solid and, and one song, uh, his name will come to me in just a moment. He sings, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. That's true. That is straight from Ephesians chapter 1. Whom he resurrected from the dead. That's the same power that's indwelling inside of us. So not only are you justified in God's sight, you get forgiveness, reconciliation, redemption, and adoption. You are enabled by the power of God who resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead to conquer sin and to stand firm in the midst of trials. The same power. You're guaranteed that. That's secured for us as Christians. Remind yourself of that. The resurrection, it secures that for you. It guarantees that in your life. All the blessings that Christ purchased at his death. Number four. Remind yourself that all who die in Christ will be raised from the dead. Since Christ has been raised, it's guaranteed. I mean, that loved one is just like, I'll see you later. We'll see you again. Either I'm going to meet you because I'm going to croak, or we're going to be resurrected. All who die in Christ will be raised from the dead. That's what Paul's saying. But Christ has been raised. All who die in Christ will be raised from the dead. The resurrection secures and guarantees us all the blessings Christ purchased at his death. The resurrection proves the claims of Jesus. The gospel always includes the resurrection. Remind yourself, number five, you don't have to fear death. It might be a little scary how you might die. But in terms of death itself, you don't have to fear Death is merely a door. Or what does Paul say? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I just gain. Or as he says here in 1 Corinthians, death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? It won't sting me. You have no fear. No fear in death. And number six, which is 
probably the most important, at least from our passage. The resurrection drives us, motivates us, pushes us to a life of faithful ministry. Because Paul goes through this whole thing, starting in verse one of 1 Corinthians 15. I make known to you, brethren, the gospel. And verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, look what he says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Be strong in your convictions. Be steadfast in the midst of suffering. Be immovable in our confidence. Be committed in your obedience. Why? Knowing that your toil in the Lord it's not in vain. It's not useless. It's not pointless. It's not meaningless. I mean, I mean, th- th- when you're ready to give up on life, when you're ready to throw in the towel, remind yourself that the resurrection drives us to a life of faithful ministry. Have you had it with a relationship, with a job, with... You find out you get cancer. You find out a loved one has cancer. Do you feel life caving in upon you? Don't lose hope because our hope is in Christ. That's why it says, That's why we have sung. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control you that Christ has regarded your helpless estate and has shed his own blood for your soul and he's resurrected from the dead for your soul. It is well with your soul. Christ Jesus has been raised. Welcome to the real world. Our Father, thank you for the promise that we have in the resurrection. Encourage us as a church. Drive us to ministry of faithful gospel preaching. Proclaiming the gospel to those around us. Proclaiming the gospel to ourselves, we're crying out loud. We lose sight of your gospel word and change us. May this resurrection power that's in us drive us to godly living. Drive us to speaking of grace. As we fail and mess up, we remember the resurrection of Jesus and all those blessings are secured and guaranteed. And so we say, my hope is in the Lord. Will you take some time, a few moments, ponder, think what we've seen from God's word this morning in the resurrection of Jesus.
And after we have a few moments of silence, we'll, we'll worship in our giving. Then we'll worship by singing a couple more songs together with our closing prayer. But sit right now and let's have a moment of silence to ponder that this is the real world Christ has been raised.